Saturday. Happy Saturday. I can't believe it's October 1st already. Like every single day just keeps zooming by. I think they say that's a sign you're getting older. Anyways, I am catching us up on all things 90 Day the Single Life, Season 3, Episode 3, What Happens in Vegas. Um, Y'all, this show. Hey, Connie. Hey, girl. Hey. This show, I, I just let me tell you a little something. First of all, I'm happy for Debbie. I'm happy for Debbie. Hey, Stephanie, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, Carol. I am happy for Debbie. She is so in love. Now, I might be a little bit of a skeptic, but you talked on the phone for like a month and you FaceTime and boom, he shows up and you're in love after date number two. And he's only, hey, Linda. Hey, girl. Hey. He's only staying like the weekend, but you know what? Maybe as you get older, you just know, you know, you just know what you know, what you like, what you want. Anyways, Debbie is waking up in bed. She's brought the lube. She's brought the condom and she's in bed with Bay. And she is so happy that her 14 year dry spell is no longer dry. Hey, Joslo. So, it got very intimate. I felt like they were showing us stuff that I was like, oh, is this like a side OnlyFans? Like a half OnlyFans? Because it was feeling very OnlyFans-ish. They were rubbing on each other. She's saying how she got laid in the morning, in the night, in the noon, in the day, in the... Oh, Lord. Okay, okay, we get it. 14 years. The dry spell is over! <laughs> hey, Desiree. <laughs> It's also her birthday. Happy 70th birthday to Debbie. And, you know, what a way to celebrate. What a, a whole new year. A whole new you. A whole new you. Damn it. I wish I had my microphone. A whole new feeling of love. A whole new you. You got laid and you didn't get played. so now tony loves her as well thinks they have really great chemistry he hasn't been laid in in four and a half years so they both had a little bit of a drought and so they both had a really good time and you know good on it and he's like you know what not a big deal um because you know it's like riding a bike and tony says like they just have amazing chemistry and he's here for it. And so he wants to see how it goes and pursue it and all of that stuff. Linda says, I thought she had a date not long ago that she was disappointed that the sex was bad. And Joslo says, yes. And she complained to her girlfriends that the guy she went to bed with told her she talked too much. Yeah, I remember that too, but I'm wondering maybe she didn't like, maybe they just fooled around because she's, she was really saying that she has not had sex in 14 years. So maybe they just fooled around. You know, maybe then, you know, go all the way to fourth base, fifth base. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is Debbie was happy and we were we were seeing how happy Debbie was after the fact. Um, and so they're planning their day. They're gonna they're in Vegas, obviously. They're going down to Fremont, they're gonna have a birthday party. I know Desiree, I'll bring out my mic next time. <laughs> Uh, 
whatever base. Yeah, I don't know how it works, Linda. First base, second base, third base, fifth base. We're there. <laughs> All right. So they're going to have a full day. They're going down to Fremont. They're going to have a birthday dinner. Um, and then they're going to have some jiggy jiggy time or the yammy yammy if you want to talk like Kimberly and Usman. Whatever it is, they have a full day ahead of them. She tried to do a little breakfast in bed with these croissants. I was like, where did the croissants just appear from? They were at this like the side table and all of a sudden now they're in the bed. Like, did you order it? Because y'all just woke up. So like, where? I don't even understand what happened. But they had a couple of bites of croissant and then they're ready to start their day. Now, Debbie's lamenting a little bit, right? She's lamenting because um, she feels like it's her first birthday without Colt. They haven't spoken to that since that last fight that they had, the blowout at the house where she was crying and he walked out and he was wearing that like sumo jacket. I don't know what it was. Um, <laughs> but she's like, you know what? I'm not going to lament. I'm just going to enjoy my time with Tony because, you know, it's the first time in a long time that I have a man by my side on my birthday. So I'm going to go ahead and celebrate that, which I thought was really good. And what I'm noticing, you guys, and I wonder what you guys think in the live chat. I think that Debbie, and God bless her heart, but I think that she is a little bit like codependent. Do you know what I mean? Like she's very, very clingy, but clingy because she's lonely, right? And she was clinging on to uh, Colt for so long, right? Colt was her son, but her best friend, also like her pseudo husband all of these years, right? She home, I was about to say she home trained him. <laughs> she homeschooled him. And it was really just the two of them. And now she's got this Tony character and she's just really, like she just really needs that male companionship. And I'm wondering if anyone else is noticing that. And so <clears throat> they're walking on Fremont. And when I tell you, Linda says, I don't know. I don't think she knows how to be by herself. Linda, I don't think she does either. I don't think she does either. Now they're walking down Fremont, you guys. I let me set this up for you. Okay. I've had a crazy busy week. I'm watching the episode thinking I'm going to have some downtime, a few laughs. I'm waiting for crazy Natalie to appear on my screen, you know, having a cup of coffee, just chilling, right? It's Saturday. I'm just chilling. And all of a sudden, boom, this popped up. Did it scare you? Cause it scared me. I was like, Oh Lord. What is how is what what show is what? And when he did the splits, you guys, I said, "Oh hell nah." I mean, I know it's Vegas, but can I get a little warning or something? What in the crazy hell? And do do his boots match this little thongamajong V neck no neck cup holder? Like I was so confused and I was so shocked. I spit out my coffee because I was laughing so hard. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. I cannot believe it. It's like, where did this guy even appear? And he had to sign a waiver, you guys. That's the craziest part. He had to sign a waiver knowing that he's going to be on national TV. Anyways, he's doing some weird, crazy, naked dance. I couldn't really understand it. The pink and the black. There was a lot going on. The matching 
shoes, boots. There's a lot going on. Like he clearly planned his day, y'all. I was just trying to have a little sip of coffee and clap my hands for Debbie's new boy. Anywho, um, <laughs> Debbie and Tony show up for the dinner, and you know he's brought. He's brought gifts for her. There's a cake. It's really nice because her friends, Audrey, Marina, and Dawn are there all celebrating. And I love the fact that she has like a core group of fr friends still to like support her and be there for her. Um, and so she sits down, you know, she's like, you know, I'm having the best birthday ever because I got some special birthday presents. Wink, 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 wink. We all knew what she meant. She was just glowing and happy and you know I, I mean 14 year drought 14 year drought no longer a drought so debbie is really happy you guys she's giggly she's acting like a schoolgirl, and she's smiling and she's putting her head on tony's shoulder and she's looking at him with goo goo eyes and her friends are like, you know what? It's annoying. <laughs> I was like, if you don't have friends like that, I don't know what. Like the friends that tell you the real deal. It was hilarious. Anyhow, Audrey, who I think is her bestie, because we've seen a lot of Audrey over, over the years. Uh, Audrey's like, you know, what are your intentions with my best friend? And... Uh, Tony's like, you know what? It depends on how things go. And Audrey's like, okay, well, whatever it is, just don't hurt our girl because we'll come after after you. We will look for you. We will hunt you down. Oh, and by the way, we have passports because, you know, he's Canadian. <clears throat> and I started laughing. I was like, damn, she cut straight to the chase. Oh, yay. Nikki's doing well. Hi, from Central Florida. She said she survived Hurricane Ian and still Team Debbie. I'm glad you survived. I'm glad everyone uh, that you love takes care, is taken care of, and, and you survived. That's great, Nikki. Um, <clears throat> so while they're celebrating and eating and chatting and all of that stuff, Colt FaceTimes the friend and, okay, let me get into character. Colt is so, I don't understand. Okay, maybe it's just me, but I don't understand the way he talks. I don't understand. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me let me get the character. Okay. And scene. Hello, mother. This is your son, Colt. I called to wish you a happy birthday. Wait, what? What? If that's not some Norman Bates kind of talking, I don't know what is. Hello, mother. This is your son, Colt. I've called to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Stephanie said, okay, Colt is the weirdest. Stephanie's like, ha. Huh. And then he says, you know, and I also talked to our therapist and our therapist says it's a good idea if, you know, we work through some things. So I would like to do that, mother. 
All right. Well, you, Norman, Debbie, and the therapist can all get together. But I think it's a great idea. I, cl I think it's a great idea. Go to therapy because clearly, Colt, you got your own little agenda going on. And I've talked about how, yes, you two are codependent and you guys are going to need to start to live your own lives. However, now that Debbie has a man, I think that she's going to focus her attention elsewhere. And so I think she'll be all right. Actually, I know she'll be all right. So the cake comes and, you know, you guys, I... Are we still blowing candles out on cakes? Like, are we still doing that? But Debbie, her cake comes, the little 70 candles come out, and she does, like, a really cute thing with her man. They both blow out the candles together, being all cutesy-cutesy. And uh, she makes more goo-goo eyes at him. And now she wants to have a conversation, right? And I was like, oh, please don't be like Natalie. It's been two days. Yes, I understand you've never been in a long-distance relationship before, but clearly you guys had a good time. Clearly there's a connection and there's passion and all of that stuff. So, like, let's not sit here and be like, oh, so what does that mean? What, what, what are we in? Like, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. So he's leaving back to Poco tomorrow. So we'll see what happens with those two, but... You know, if you want a spoiler alert, they're going strong. They're going strong. Um, I will be talking about it in news and gossip. Uh, for my Patreon subscribers, I'm going to try to knock out news and gossip today. But if I don't do it today, then we'll have a double whammy like last week. Um, blah, blah, blah. But I'll keep you posted. If you're in my private chat, then I'll, I'll send a message there as well. Moving on to Caesar. Now, you guys, I had a moment where I thought I might have been going crazy. And why I feel like I might have been going crazy is that I actually... Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It felt a little bad for Caesar in this episode. I felt a little bad for him. So they all arrive in this limo. The ladies are upstairs. Uh, is it Katrina? Katarina. Caverina. Caverina meets them. And here's the thing that was also crazy to me. So they go upstairs and, you know, Caesar in his top hat, which would be shocking to me. But, you know, I guess he has his own st style. And Caterina introduces everyone. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Is it weird or is it just me? So she says, Tim is from Belgium. Jerry's from California. Ryan's from Boston and Caesar's from the USA. I was like, um, what is it? California and Boston also too in the United States. But I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it was his top hat. You guys, I think his top hat threw her off. So she couldn't remember she couldn't remember where he was from because she was so stunned by his outfit. 
she was like, um, yeah, he's from the U.S. somewhere. Some crazy. He's some crazy American. I mean, look at this top hat. Um, <clears throat> Joslo, I didn't say no. I said there might not be. If there's, if I don't have enough time to put everything together, then I'm going to make it a one super show next week. But I'll keep you posted. Um, yeah. Jessica said, I thought that was weird too, right? It was a bit weird. It was a bit weird. So they all get introduced. They're standing around and it was like no direction. They were like, hey, okay, this is what you should do. Let's go from table A to table B to table C. However you work it, like you're on speed dating or something. The men were left to fend for themselves. So Caesar standing around awkwardly, just standing around awkwardly and feeling like a little bit insecure about himself. And then he finally sits down and he's like super serious. He's like, this is the last time that I'm going to be able to find the love of my life. This is the last time that maybe I'll be able to find my wife. This is the last time that I'll probably be able to scoop up all my money together and go and exploit Ukraine women. This is the last, like, you know, he was be doing the most saying the most. Um, and so he sits down and asks the first lady, you know, what are you looking for? And she checked him. Y'all, when I say this woman checked him, she's like, I'm not looking for anything. I'm actually choosing. I was like, oh, damn. Because <laughs> you guys got to remember, Caesar thought that it was going to be him and him alone with a bunch of women. And he thought he was going to walk into the room. That's why he put a top pad on like he was a, a sir or an earl or some type of royalty because he was going to walk in that room and own the room and all the women were going to fawn on him. And he was surprised when there were some other men. He had competition and those other men, you know, in his opinion, were a little bit more successful than him. And they weren't wearing a stupid, silly top hat. Yeah, that part. And Linda says, and he doesn't ask any questions. He asks them if they have any questions for him. Like he's the prize, Linda, because in his mind, he's the prize. Or circus ringmaster. Facts. Yeah, and I hate that. Caesar was speaking in broken English for some reason. Yeah, I don't like that. You know, when you think someone has English as their second language and then you talk like this really slow and then in broken English. It's weird. Like, why? just be yourself. If they don't understand you, they'll ask. So <clears throat> he's there. And then this is where he had his little pity party that I, I felt like a little bit, like a pinge. Just a, just, just a little pinge of sadness for him so you know they ask him you know why do you want a ukrainian wife and he says because nobody wants me in the u.s i was like well that's probably not how you are gonna want to lead off if i was on a group date and you told me that nobody wants you then why why would we want you if all of America doesn't want you, Caesar, why go to the Ukraine? Obviously, those women know something. So why should we want you if no one in America wants you? 
Anyways, he's not feeling very confident, clearly. Um, and then we meet uh, a personal trainer, Alana. And when you guys, when she showed her guns, I was like, oh, damn, she really is a personal trainer. And then Caesar's like, oh, yeah, I work out six days. I was like, Caesar, don't be lying up in here. We just saw you last episode with your jeans on and your T-shirt on. And you did like two sit-ups and that was your workout for the day. But he says he plays basketball. He plays football. He works out every day at the gym. And I was like, um, okay. Because I think Alana might have had bigger guns than you, Caesar. but who am I to say? Now, meanwhile, there's a gun show going on here with the, the muscles on Alana, and you turn your head, and Jerry from California, because, you know, he's Californian. Um, is dancing and he's he's making a whole spectacle of this dance. I was trying to figure out what exact dance he was doing to doing what music was he hearing, but he was like doing I don't know, he's trying to do like a Michael Jackson dance, I think, but he put his own spin on it. But the women were loving it, they clapped for him and all, and then Caesar got jealous because now everyone's attention is on Jerry from California and not on Caesar and his top hat from the USA. Hey, Dustin. So he's worried. <laughs> Laura. <laughs> so Caesar's worried that no one's going to like him because he's just a regular guy. Um. And he's like, so I don't know what to do because all of these other guys are so successful, but I'm just going to be myself. That's a good idea, Caesar. Go ahead and be yourself because you've been here and done that already. And the simple fact that you, okay, you guys, so I felt bad, like I said, for him just a little bit, but then I took it back because Caesar could really just go ahead and just date properly and just date till he actually meets someone. But he has a specific fetish. And he has a specific um, stereotype about Ukraine women. And so then I stopped feeling bad because I'm like, well, this is on you, Caesar. You came in, you scrapped together all your pennies because you want, because honestly, you guys, he just wants the blonde hair, blue eyed supermodel. That's what he wants. And he wants to make sure that this time that she doesn't take him for a ride for his money, because guess what? He doesn't really have enough money to live that lifestyle, but he wants to portray the, like he is. He wants to portray like he's a high roller. However, he sits down and says, I'm just going to be me. He tells them that he's a nail tech. And we meet another Katrina uh, from Kiev, who is also a nail tech. So they bonded over being nail techs together and being able to do mani-pedis and, you know, eyebrows. Facts, right, Linda? That part. You work at a nail salon. You are giving women manis and petties all day, every day. How do you not, how can you not meet a woman? How is that possible? How? You're surrounded by women. I mean, you have more of an inside scoop to women than anyone else. Make that make sense. Oh, it's because you have a fetish and you want to have a specifically a Ukrainian woman. Is that why? Like, don't get me started on Caesar because Caesar's already problematic. He's done some problematic things in the past that he has not apologized for. And 
we live in a cancel culture era. He's lucky he made those comments pre-cancel culture because there have been a couple of cast members who've done the same thing that are no longer cast members. So he's lucky that that story about the things that he said about black women didn't blow all the way up. He's lucky. So that being said, he's like, I am a nail tech. She's a, Katrina's a nail tech. Um, and so they bonded for a minute and then he moves tables. One of the girls tries on his hat. She quickly takes it off because she knows it's cheesy. Um, and he sits down and tells the group of women that he's ready for love. No one asked you. You just randomly say you're ready for love. Why are you not engaging with the women at all? You didn't ask them anything about them. You know, where do you live? What, what do you, you know, what do you want out of this? Um, I'm looking for this. Like there was no, no back and forth. It was just him saying random dumb stuff. So, <clears throat> um, one of the ladies was like, when is your birthday? And this is why I just felt, then I felt bad for him again. So I went back and forth in his segment because I feel like maybe he's not that bright, but that's like no fault of his own. So the lady says, when is your birthday? And then he says, March. And she says, oh, you're a fish. And then he's like, no, I don't really like fishing. But you know, if, if the woman that I like likes to fish, then I'll do it, but I don't really like fishing. And everyone was just like crickets. Crickets. They're looking at him like, what are you talking about? And then he makes the sign as in, oh, you know, I don't like fishing. And he does this as if he has an imaginary fishing rod. Um, yeah. She was talking about astrology, your sign, Pisces, you weirdo. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Poor Ting Ting. Poor Ting Ting doesn't know what he's doing. My note said, poor Ting Ting, such a dummy. But no fault of his own, he's just not that bright. Anyways, <clears throat> he goes on to say that Ukrainian women, what he loves about them, they're tough, but they're funny and playful. And I was like, well, Caesar, a lot of women are tough and funny and, and playful. That's not just three labels that you give to Ukrainian women specifically. You only give those three labels if you have a fetish for Ukrainian women specifically. Because I could probably point out a funny, what do you say, funny, playful, tough American. I could probably point out a funny, tough, playful Jamaican. I mean, I can go on and on. You guys get the point. I mean, stop it. So uh, Katrina, the nail tech and him are talking for a little bit. She's much taller than him, which I thought was interesting because she's he's looking up at her like this. Um, and then he's like, well, I'm going to go and grab a drink. But meanwhile, he's just checking in with the matchmaker, the other Katrina. And she's like, okay, well, next steps are you have to decide which ladies you like. And I will talk to them and see if they were interested in you. And if they were interested in you, then the next step would be to have like a one-on-one -on -one more personal date and get to know each other. Now, Caesar leaves the party 
early, which I thought was interesting. I was like, didn't you all come in the same limo? Where are you going? You clearly have not made your mark yet. You should sit down, my friend. Take off that top hat and use your words. Because you didn't learn anything about these women in the time that we saw. But he left, so bye. <clears throat> Moving on to Veronica and Justin. I really like seeing Veronica look for love, and I hope she finds love. I, I kind of like Justin and, and Veronica together, um, but Tim is not really a fan, and I don't know if it's really that he's cock-blocking or I have so many questions, you guys, about Tim. I just, okay, so they're besties. They used to date. They were engaged, I guess, and then not engaged anymore, but they co-parent. But in this episode, he also revealed that he has a new lady um, that he's been dating, and so he's in a current relationship as well, and that person is not really fond of the relationship that Veronica and he have. And so I guess it's getting messy on both sides. So we'll see. So Veronica goes out for a second date with Justin and she wasn't sure that she was going to hear back from Justin, right? Because Tim was doing all that I'm going to sit silently and intimidate you. And then I'm going to say, can I walk you out? Because I'm leaving. <laughs> so she didn't know how Justin was really going to respond if she was going to hear from him again. But she did. Uh, Justin just felt like Tim made that whole end of date awkward. And so he's waiting for the right time to bring it up because he really feels like there should be boundaries set, which I agree. There should be boundaries set. So they go out for a day date uh, rock climbing, and that was just so adorable. She kept saying "eek eek" because she couldn't she couldn't even climb like the first little rung. She's like "eek eek," oh, I don't think I could do it. "Eek eek," it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> she finally gets up, and he, Justin's trying to help her the whole way up the thing, right? And she's like, "No, no, eek! No, no, eek!" Oh my god. It was so adorably funny. Um, so, you know, they rappel back down and she's being playful with him. She throws like some of the hand chalk at him and it lands on his face and his side. But then she like, did you guys notice that she sexily like wiped it off of him? you know, just so she could touch him. I was like, okay, I see your moves, Veronica. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. Hey, C. Cruz. C. Cruz says, I really like Justin. He seems nice and normal for these shows. LOL. I hope there's love for Justin and Veronica. Me too. I He's seeming like normal, like a normal guy. He uses his words. He communicates. He says his needs. So I. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. I'm right there with you, C. Cruz. I'm about that life. So they walk over to the smoothie bar. She wants something a little bit stronger. She wants a drink. Um, she sits down and then they start talking about Tim because she brought up something that Tim had said. And Justin's, you know, it really bothered me that Tim was there at your house waiting for you. And, you know, do you two not have any boundaries set? And he was upset that she didn't interject when Tim basically kicked him out of the house and she didn't say anything. She's like, yeah, it was just so awkward. I didn't know what to do because, yeah, that's your date, but that's also your best friend. That's your date, but that's the person you co-parent with. That's your date, but that's the person you're going to call after your date, right? So, yeah, I get it. It was, she was in a rock and a hard place. Um, and he's like, well, you know, moving forward, I just need to know that you're going to make some boundaries with him. And I need to be assured that those boundaries will be set so that we all know what to expect because, you know, I want to be dating Veronica and Justin. I don't want it to be Veronica, Justin and Tim, which makes sense. And so she really likes Justin. So she thought about it. She's, you know, going to have some coffee with Tim and talk about boundaries because she wants to have all the kisses with Justin, all the kisses. Cause they had a really sweet uh, second date kiss and there was chemistry there too. And I actually really like them together. I do. So it's the next day she's meeting Tim with, for coffee and to set out these boundaries. Now here's the thing, you guys, I think that she really didn't want to set boundaries. I think she just wanted to tell Tim that Justin wanted them to set boundaries but in her mind she was just like hey if you're going to come through just like call me or text me and say you're going to be at the house but she didn't actually want boundaries because she as soon as she brought the boundaries up Tim was like oh by the way yeah my woman really doesn't like how much we spend time together and we can't act like we're such BFFs and spend all day together and all, all the nights together and call each other every day and text each other all the time we need to have boundaries and you know what, maybe we need to like pull away from each other a little bit and spend less time together. And maybe, you know, we catch up once a week, her whole face changed. Did you all notice that? She was not happy with it. Uh, she's like, how can we be friends that don't hang out every day? And she's like, you know, you're my backbone. You know, what if this doesn't work out in two months and then, you know, you're nowhere to be found. She was really upset by this, you guys. And I was like, oh, there's a little codependency going on there too. And that's maybe why she's single because she's beautiful, smart, intelligent, all the things, great mom, all the things. But there might be a little codependency where you're not creating space for a new person because your old person occupies that space. So... <clears throat> Tim's like, yeah, my current girlfriend is uncomfortable with the fact that you and I are best friends. And, you know, we're going to need to try to have some space between us. 
and Veronica was just shocked. She feels like he was dumping her as a friend. Um, and he's like, you know, we're going to have to start acting like we're exes and not acting like we're BFFs. And so we'll just do these weekly check-ins. And she was sad, you guys. She was really, really sad. And then he left and she was shocked that he got up and left. Like she thought she was spending the day with her bestie like they normally do. And so he got up, he kissed her on the forehead and he left. And so he was the one that actually created the boundaries and she wasn't having it because like I said, I don't think she was trying to throw any boundaries there. She likes the relationship she has with him and she was shocked and appalled. Shocked and appalled. All right, I want to talk about... Lori says, Veronica definitely seemed like she was in shock and very sad. And Linda says, I was surprised that Tim was the one that did that. Yeah, but it's clearly clearly something that he was thinking about. And, you know, if indeed he's in a new relationship, I understand that that's probably something that he, even he said, this is something that we should have talked about a long time ago, and they hadn't, right? But I don't know if they had a full-on proper boundaries conversation, but, you know, they did their best. And we'll see how long the boundaries last, right? Because Tim is also very protective of over her, so we'll see. All right, y'all, I need to talk about crazy Natalie. Listen, Natalie is, you know what? I, I just, Natalie, she's a beautiful woman, but I just, she gives me like Glenn Close vibes or, or I don't know, just like crazy, crazy white female vibes. Like she is, I don't understand what her situation is. Why is she so intense and like nuts? I don't understand it. You guys, when they pu pulled up her section even the background music that they were playing, I was like, oh, look at TLC doing her wrong like that. Like, they played some creepy, crazy doo -doo -doo music in the back. I was like, oh, right away I knew this was Natalie's segment because the music matched the crazy. So she's sitting there on the bed, you guys, uh, wide-eyed. And you know Natalie has those crazy eyes. Wide-eyed. She's smelling josh's jacket she's giggling she's like making all these weird gestures and she's like yes i slept with josh okay calm down <laughs> she said the sex was so good that she forgot her own name but she wanted him to stay she wanted him to stay so that they could cuddle and that they could be together because you know she says that any person that she sleeps with she expects that person to be the father of her child or her husband i will not be ignored So she's like, I don't, I don't know. After sex, he just got up and he told me he had to leave. It was such a cold situation. I was like, oh, listen, this woman is having a full on telenovela with herself. Calm down, Natalie. 
He's got a job. <laughs> He's got kids. Hey, Nikki. Hey, girl. Hey. He's got a job. He's got kids. Like, calm down. Just calm all the way down. So she's like, but it's good because after sex, at least he invited me somewhere. So she gets ready for their date. And here's the thing, okay, you guys, she's so awkward. She does it every time they leave. Like every time they part, do you guys notice that she doesn't know what to do with herself? So she starts moving around and giggling and like being all weird. So she comes out in this beautiful, gorgeous yellow dress, you guys. But as soon as she gets outside, Josh is standing and waiting for her. And then she does this like weird greet, like half hug, but like she's moving around like a weirdo. Because I think she's trying to be like, oh, don't kiss me or whatever. But, dude, you just had sex with him. He's seen you naked. So, like, settle down. And then she gets in and she has all this attitude. And I was like, okay, wait. Did I miss a section? What are we mad at right now? She sits there and she's now saying that she's frustrated with him. And it's her last day in L.A. And she needs some reassurances. Wait, what? About what? She wants to make sure that A, he's into her, and B, that he's committed to her. Um, Natalie, you went on one date in Miami, and this is like date number two or three, whatever it is. You've been in LA for a few days. What? And you're acting like a weirdo. Why would he say, yeah, I'm committed to you when you won't even greet him properly and kiss him on the lips? what anyways so she's mad frustrated she wants a commitment and even though they're gonna have a full-on date day and meet with his friends for some drinks she still has an attitude and she's sitting in the car all like scrunched face looking at him with her big eyes looking all weird and he's like are you okay you know, you know what's wrong. Okay. Do we? It's like, I'm not sure if I really know what's wrong, but you know, are you nervous to meet my friends today? And she's like, I'm not nervous. I am who I am. Okay, Natalie. Why? Why are you like this? So Josh is like, hmm, you seem a bit irritated today, like a little bit defensive and a lot aggressive. Like, are you okay? Just this is your vacation. This is your holiday. I don't want you to have like a bad time. I just want you to just relax, go with the flow, you know, enjoy LA. And, you know, I just, I don't want this. <laughs> Whatever this craziness is going on. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight you in your head. Cause I don't know what, what's even going on in your head. It all doesn't make any type of sense. So just, can we settle down? Then she says to him, does it bother you? You finally met a woman who thinks? I was like, oh my God, why are we being so intense here? Like, I would want to just drop you off. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was the dude, I would just like, I want to drop her off. It is too early for all of this crazy and aggression. I don't understand what's happening here. Like, that's how, I don't understand what's happening. What are you so mad about, Natalie? Why are you being so aggro, Natalie? 
they get to their destination and then she's awkward again you guys she's mad this fool is mad that because she's mad that she hasn't gotten the commitment when he introduces her he says hey this is natalie like any regular normal person on a second or third date would do she was expecting a title this is my girlfriend natalie so her face goes from smiling to frowning in 30 seconds and she's like mad dogging everyone in the room arms crossed looking at him looking at them all mad i was like oh my gosh okay natalie so she's mad that there's no title and so she is not engaging in the small talk. So her friends are trying to engage. His friends are trying to engage her. Like, you know, where are you from? And, you know, how long have you been in L.A.? And, you know, regular bar talk. And she, this is her. Okay. Someone says to me, hey, Linda, where are you from? Canada. Okay. Everyone looks around. And how long have you been in L.A.? A few years. Um, okay, look, you see? And Josh is like, oh my God, she's being so weird. I hope like she can get along with my friends because this is so weird. It was all very weird. And so two of his girlfriends uh, kind of pull her over. They sit down, they're having some drinks and you know, one has known Josh for like 15 years and they all are really great friends. And Natalie's like, well, what can you tell me about him? Like, I don't know where we stand and I want to know. And the first friend was like, just, you know, settle down. You know, he he's not a playboy like you think he is. You know, he was with his last in his last marriage for 10 years. And, you know, you have to communicate to him what it is that you're looking for. It's clear that you know what you're looking for. So why don't you just tell him? And. She's like, well, I just don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. And then the other friend, and here's where I felt like there was a little bit of a language issue. Also, too, because Natalie was already feeling in her crazy. She mistook what the second friend was saying. So the second friend was saying, well, you guys just have to take some time to get to know each other. It's like the Russian dolls, you know, the dolls that you pop open and there's another doll and you pop it open and there's another doll and you go and so on, such and such. And Natalie took it to say as if Natalie was a Russian doll. And she said, I am not Russian. Okay, calm down, Natalie. Just calm down. I don't know, maybe she needs some Adivan or some, I don't know. I don't know, you guys, maybe she... I'm trying to figure out what her whole story is. Like, is it, is she crazy? Does she need like a sedative or does she need to be diagnosed with something? Or is she just so desperate to have a man and a baby, even though, you know, she's already been married three times. So it's not like she can't get a man. I think, and I think that her crazy, like just wrecks it. You know what I mean? Because she's been married three times. She's the common denominator. I don't know. 
So they wrap it up at the bar. They get back to uh, the Mondrian and she's mad again because she feels like he's playing games with her. And I was like, well, what games was he playing? He just introduced you to his friends, had a great time. You guys had some drinks. He put you up in a beautiful hotel on Sunset Strip. Like, what is your problem right now? What what game is he playing with you? So she's worried that because he's playing games that he might not be the right one for her. Now, the fact that she said that, you guys, made me think that I have a prediction. I have a prediction that it obviously is not going to work out with them because she's going to be back with Mike. I feel like that was like foreshadowing what we're about to see the rest of this season. I think it's not going to work out with Josh and I think that she's going to go back to Mike just because she said that. And yes, just because she said that. So he walks up to her, her door and you know, you never know what you're going to get with Natalie. And then all of a sudden that weird giggle and movement thing happens and he's looking at her and she's looking at him. And then instead of just using her words, you guys and say, do you want to come in? She's like this. She, her whole eyes, she goes like this to the door, right? So she rolls her eyes to the door and she's like, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> you don't know how to say, do you want to come in? Hey, Vanessa. Hey, girls. Hey. So they go into a room and the door slams and that is the end of the episode. Vanessa says, I blame the men in her life for putting up with it. That dude should have ghosted her as soon as she wanted commitment right away. I mean, I think that may happen, Vanessa. I think that he's probably not going to be able to handle it because that preview, y'all, did you watch the preview? For next week, where she freaks out and says, I don't have sex with everyone. I only have sex with my husband or the father of my child. You used me. Oh my God, what in the hell? I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait, y'all. Cannot. I cannot wait. So, uh, yeah, that was the episode, you guys. And, you know, I'm enjoying it because this is like some, I love telenovelas. And this is like some telenovela stuff between you get a little bit of normal, right? You get a little bit of normal with Tim and Veronica. You get a little bit of like old love, finally finding love, knowing that, you know, people at all ages deserve love. So you have Debbie in her 70s, you know, finding love again. Um, after all these years. And then you just have crazy Caesar, who's, you know, who's the fetish dude. And then you have Natalie, which I can't figure out. All I just know is that she's wild for her, her thoughts. And I would love to sit down with her and ask her, like, why do you think after one date or two dates, someone has to be committed to you? And also, what are you bringing to the table exactly? And like, what do you do all day and like can we maybe even bring like some of your family members into this and like how were you growing up and I would love to talk to her all three of her ex-husbands because that would probably shed a lot of light one story I heard though 
uh, was, you know, Natalie always knew she wanted to come to America. She wanted to be, um, you know, a model and an actress in New York City. And I can't remember if it was her first or her second husband, but uh, they were living in Lebanon and he had two kids already from a previous relationship and she wanted to move to New York City. And so that's the reason why they broke up because she wa- she asked him to leave his kids to move to New York City so that she can pursue her modeling acting. And he said no, that he needed to be close to his children. So she left him. She literally left him in Lebanon, went back to Ukraine to live with her mom. It's, you guys have some strong opinions too. Jessica says borderline disorder, fear of abandonment and changes her looks to fit in with other people. Carol says that Natalie is incapable of a rational conversation. And Joslo says she's very immature for her age, wants a fairy tale and men who adore her and put her on a pedestal. That part, that part. Listen, she's 37. She better get her shit together immediately, if not sooner, because, you know, there's always going to be a younger, hotter, more beautiful version of yourself. And unfortunately, in the world we live in, you know, it's harder as you get older to find your perfect mate. So I personally, and have said this since last season, I personally think that she should just go to therapy and work out whatever her issues are, because it's clear that she has some issues and it's clear that she's bringing these issues into every new potential relationship. And because she's bringing these issues in these new potential relationships, they never have a chance because she goes full on 100 and they're like, but I just met you yesterday. I want a commitment. Okay, calm down. You don't even know his last name. You never been to his house. You never met his kids. You don't even know where he works. You just know what he does. Okay, he puts you up in a hotel. You don't know the day-to-day, but you are demanding a commitment. Stop it. Stop it. All of it. All of it is just totally wrong. Jessica, I totally agree with you. Anyways, you guys, that was the show. Thank you so much for joining me on a Saturday evening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know I'll be seeing you guys uh, tomorrow for Happily Ever After. And uh, My Patreon subscribers will let you know about news and gossip. And thank you for so much for being here. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And I'll see you guys very, very soon. Bye for now.